day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. Training physicians and healthcare workers to keep us all healthy is never an easy job, even in normal times. Training doctors, nurses, and pharmacists during a pandemic adds even bigger challenges. Dr. Mark Schweitzer is taking on that responsibility while also starting a brand new job as the dean of Wayne State University's medical school. He joins us now to talk about his new role and what it means to be a medical educator in the era of COVID-19. Dr. Mark Schweitzer, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. So let's start by talking a bit about your personal background and uh, what led you to coming to Wayne State in this role. Well, I grew up um, outside of uh, New York City in kind of a working-class neighborhood. Um, My parents didn't have a lot of means, and since I had one brother in college before me, my really only avenue to college would have been to attend a public university. Um, So I attended City College of New York, which is um, a city-run university, kind of very similar demographically and location-wise to Wayne State. It was in, in Harlem, New York, and um, at that time, it was uh, a lot of uh, a pretty pretty burned-out um, area. It's much, much nicer now. Mm. And I attended um, a six-year medical program there, which I was admitted to medical school as a senior in high school, and I did my medical school training at the University of Buffalo. So both undergraduate and medical school training were in public institutions, um, which is why um, Wayne was appealing to me. Um, I did my residency at a um, safety net hospital, did my fellowship at a safety net hospital, and spent many years working in Bellevue. So the uh, Detroit Medical Center environment is very familiar with me, to me. Um, So this is an environment I'm familiar with. Um, I owe an obligation to public universities because without them, um, there's no likely possibility I would ever become a doctor. So um, working in a public university and potentially leading the medical school of a public university is a bit of a way to give back. And I was trained from an early age, but particularly in undergraduate and medical school, um, that physicians have a mission. And the mission is not to take care of patients in a certain zip code of Manhattan. Uh, The mission is to take care of patients who are in need and first patients who are in the most need. And if I put those three or four concepts together, Hmm. um, Wayne State Medical School encapsulates those. So it was appealing to me on those grounds. Hmm. Uh, so, so talk about the coronavirus pandemic and <laughs> the way it sort of, I mean, it's, it's a heck of a welcome to the job for starters. Uh, but, but talk about the way that, uh, it changes the manner in which you think of, uh, teaching and training doctors, nurses, and pharmacists. What, what are we to expect from that organ, your, your institution, uh, given the things that are going on. Uh, so let me start off with coming from New York in a county which was one of the most severely affected areas mm. in the country, if not the world. Um, uh, coming here is actually a little bit of a welcome relief, if you can believe that. Mm. Um, mm. My hospital that I worked in until two weeks ago had a double its size and was basically of that doubled size, 90% corona patients. 
about a third of them on respirators. Um, we reconfigured everything, including the staffing, so that you had radiology residents taking care of patients in the ICU, um, something that I had never envisioned um, in my life. So um, that's just a little bit of background. Mm. Um, I-, I believe that the coronavirus is both a blessing and a curse in terms of health science education. I went to school with a guy, medical school, who used to be a Green Beret, and then he, um, after retiring from the military, um, went to uh, medical school. And because the time of his military commitment was um, post-Vietnam and pre-Afghanistan um, and Iraq, um, he had never served in a battle. And he talked about this with some regret. We were close friends. And it struck me at that time as being very odd, mm. as um, being regretful and, and having disappointment that you weren't fired upon or put your life in danger. Um, but when I think about that now, um, he was trained to do a job, and he never thought that he had the opportunity in his career to really test his mettle and to do that job in the way he was trained for and to see if he was really up to it. Mm. So that's, in a way, the blessing part of this, that this is a tragic, horrendous, horrendous situation. But if you're a healthcare professional, test your mettle. Um, um, Are you willing to do a self-sacrifice to take care of others? How much are you willing to put yourself at risk? Will you show up to work every day knowing that you might get infected and you might that bring that home to your um, loved ones and your family members? And that is both the blessing and the curse of it. Mm. In terms of absolutes, because for most of this time, and really until now, there's been a shortage of personal protective equipment. And if there is that shortage, one wouldn't want to use that equipment on trainees who, by definition, can't provide the same care as someone who's a fully qualified professional. Mm. So we've had to move most of our medical students, nursing students, pharmacy students, all the health science students um, out of direct clinical care and try to make um, allowances to um, have that impede in their education as little as possible. Mm. And that's not just true in Detroit. It's true all over the country. So that's kind of a pragmatic um, issue. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody, of course, plans for something like this, and, and it's disrupting everything that we think of as as normal. I, I wonder if you can talk just a little, though, as, as a physician, about the idea of being able to train physicians without that kind of clinical experience and 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 whether if this goes on for you know a long period of time and we have to have these kinds of restrictions how how does that change the experience for people that you as you point out are 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 teaching to perform a, a very very important mission in 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 our society and one of the outstanding characteristics of Wayne State it was always has been, and I hope always will be, this hands-on, roll-up-your-sleeves type of medical school right. where the um, students were attracted to it just because they got a lot of experience, um, a lot of diverse experience, and 
a set of experiences that are available or few, if any, other medical schools. So in some ways, it affects us more than most other medical schools because the separation is kind of um, voids part of our ethos, part of the DNA of the school. Um, we could probably handle it for three months. Um, August, if it goes into August, um, we have to go to Plan C. We're now in Plan B. But I believe at that point there'll be enough ramping up of, of the personal protection equipment that regardless of the situation, the students should go back into the um, clinics and uh, wards of the hospital. Mm. Uh, the licensing committee of medical education, the one who provides accreditation, has already announced that they'll make allowances for variations in uh, clinical training in response to the COVID crisis. So in terms of getting their license and ultimately practicing, um, it, it is not an issue. But there is a, a issue in are we training them in a Wayne State way? Are they graduating like all the Wayne State physicians have graduated? And we're going to do our darn just to make sure that they do. Mm. Uh, I want to talk a little about the relationship between the DMC and Wayne State Medical, which is a narrative of some tension that has played out over several years here. Uh, in Southeast Michigan. This week, DMC banned Wayne State pediatricians from working at the DMC Children's Hospital of Michigan. What's your reaction to that decision, and what does it mean both for Wayne State and for patients? It was a completely unprincipled decision. Um, as I stated earlier, I came from New York, and uh, for-profit hospitals are actually against the law in New York State. Um, uh, they have this historical principle that um, the practice of medicine shouldn't be for profit. Um, one can agree or disagree with that, but that is the, uh, the the law in the state of New York and just a few other states in the country, I believe. But I came here with an open mind. Um, I, I believe that um, perhaps for profit institutions might be able to um, put in efficiencies that nonprofits may not be able to see. I thought perhaps for-profits would have a wider um, spectrum, you know, quote-unquote, thinking outside the box mm. more than the traditional uh, nonprofit medical schools. And both of those may be true. In the children's hospital issue, um, they did what I believe is a 100% financially motivated issue um, and are expending God knows how many thousands, if not a million dollars, on the most expensive lawyers in the country to do nothing other than resulting in um, children from certain socioeconomic groups um, having less access to care um, at Children's Medical Center, which is deeply offensive, I think, to anyone of any conscience, as well as um, limiting access to certain physicians who practice specialties that they're the only ones in the city of Detroit who practice this. So if this, in fact, goes into effect in six weeks, in July 1st, no p patient, children, child with HIV will have any access to children's hospital services because those physicians have been summarily um, removed from the hospital. Mm. And lastly, uh, as uh, some of the audience may know, just like medical schools have an accreditation authority, hospitals do as well. And it's my interpretation that this is a... Um, a colossal violation of the um, regulations that run all hospitals, whether they be for-profit or not-for-profit. 
Mm. A hell of a way to start my first week, to be honest. <laughs> right, baptism by fire. Um, so there's some dispute over what's happening between DMC and Wayne State Pediatricians. University Pediatricians released a statement this week saying, universities claim that the DMC has banned faculty pediatricians from children's is, quote, blatantly false, and that a very small number of pediatricians have decided to terminate their relationship with university pediatricians and forego the benefits of the longstanding relationship with DMC's Children's Hospital. Uh, can you clear that up and, and that's a, give your reaction? That's a that? self-serving, disingenuous statement that has, if anything, a tenuous connection with the truth, and even that's not correct. Um, university Pediatricians was the academic partner for Wayne State University for many, many decades. Mm -hmm. They made a unilateral decision to leave Wayne State affiliation and to affiliate with a medical school in the middle of Michigan that has nothing to do with the people of Detroit. That would be the Central Michigan um, um, School of Medicine. They decided that if anyone wanted to stay as a Wayne State faculty, they would not be able to be a member of the University Pediatricians Group. So these individuals had to decide whether to continue as Wayne State faculty training uh, medical students who are of this community or join a faculty of a rural medical school. That, that was forced upon them. Mm -hmm. And um, they were basically told that if they made this decision, they're, they're expected to resign from the group or they would be removed from the group. So the statement that university pediatricians released is so lacking in honesty and transparency um, it's really disconcerting. Hmm. Um, we want nothing other than to treat our patients, to train our medical students. That's all we want. Um, what DMC wants is to violate standard hospital accreditation criteria, to have a monopoly on certain services. And as the listeners know, monopolies benefit the companies who own the monopoly, but hurt those consumers. And in this case, consumers are sick children. Hmm. So your listeners can decide whether having a monopoly that disadvantages sick children is the society that they want to live in. Mm. So, so again, this is just the latest in uh, a narrative that has unfolded over a, a long period of time here in Detroit, this tension between the med school at Wayne and the Detroit Medical Center where where the, 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 the students and the, the doctors there uh, are do much of the critical work. If I, I know you're new to this situation, and of course uh, you, you're being buffeted already by by the things that have happened before and stuff that's coming up now. But I wonder if you have an idea of what the path forward looks like. What a more productive path forward might look like to to, to repair that relationship. Um, I, I believe that we need to repair that relationship. And um, I've had um, an initial good meeting with Dr. Gregory um, before the pediatric issue, who is the CEO of the Detroit Medical Center, before the pediatric issue exploded. Um, she said something which I think is very wise, that they need us and we need them. Um, and, and that is the reality. Um, the big difference is in every university hospital that I've worked in or I am familiar with, the hospital provides sometimes a modest, but at least some subsidy to the medical school. Um, looking at the books here, 
we're actually subsidizing Detroit Medical Center. Hmm. So the tuition of our students and the state dollars, to some degree, are going to Dallas to line the pockets of the highly paid um, leadership of tenant health care. Uh, we talked about the immoral situation with pediatrics. I think that's another immoral situation. So I desire very much a productive working relationship, but I'm very um, concerned that the funds flow is flowing from the medical school through subsidizing the residency training programs straight to Dallas. Um, your listeners should know that the CEO of Tenant Healthcare made $15 million in 2018. Just think about how many children in Detroit can be immunized for $15 million. Mm. I would bet you it's every single child in Detroit for that one individual salary sitting in Dallas. And my understanding is about 20% of their profits come from the Detroit Medical Center. Uh, okay, Dr. Mark Schweitzer, Wayne State University's new Vice President of Health Affairs and Dean of the School of Medicine. It was really great to meet you here on Detroit Today, and welcome to our community here in Southeast Michigan. Uh, thank you very much, Stephen, and thank you for listening. Sure, we'll talk with you again soon. Up next, we're going to have a conversation about how our perceptions of COVID-19 are changing as the science around battling COVID-19 changes rapidly. Dr. Paul Kilgore of Wayne State University's College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences joins us next. And we want to hear from you about what you think about the possibility of beating this virus and getting back to normal. Stay with us on Detroit Today.